And if you're joining us today um, for the Scoop on Life podcast, we are actually going to be having a conversation today with some of my old friends um, who have pursued foster care, which then led to adoption. And so we are with Bradley and Sarah Pinkerton today. And I'm just excited to have this conversation. I know last week um, in some of our conversation, Chase, when we talked with Jordan and Mary, we talked about foster care. Um, but we wanted to lean in a little bit as well to other families who have fostered and then led to adoption. Yeah, and Bradley and Sarah have fostered and, and now they uh, have adopted as well. So uh, Bradley and Sarah, first of all, thanks for taking time with us. And tell us a little bit about y'all's journey through foster care and now adoption. Yeah, so um, it started out where um, we kind of got to a place in life where um, things had settled down enough that we were um, thinking about um, starting our family and um, thinking about pursuing foster care. Um, we've seen other families do it. We knew that there was a big need in our community and um, we ended up getting a um, new rental house that had an extra room. And so some of it was just practical. We have this space. Um, how can we use that extra room in our house for God's glory? And so we um, contacted our local DHR and started taking the classes and um, became licensed. Um, and our first placement was our daughter, um, who's now adopted. And we've had her for um, her whole life since birth. And um, her adoption was finalized when she was two. And then since then, we've also had lots of other kids um, come. Um, there's been different situations. Some have been reunified with their birth families, which was really cool. Um, we've been able to have some sibling group sets. And then we've had um, opportunities with a medically fragile foster son um, who ended up passing away in our home on hospice. Um, so getting to love him through that. And then also had some experiences with teenagers that's been cool as well through foster care. So it's just kind of been a, a bigger journey than we ever imagined it to be, but it's been really cool to just see how the Lord has um, opened doors as we've kind of gone along. Yeah, yeah so I was, I was really uh, I was surprised at how simple the process was. You know, we just simply contacted our local county DHR. They contacted us. They said, show up for 10 weeks. And before we knew it, we had a child in our home. And of course, we that was the first child in our home. And so I remember seeing baby toys and cribs come in and, and being totally uh, unexpected and, and unprepared for that. I think we can say uh, unprepared for that. But the Lord gave grace moment by moment. And uh, we've had eight placements now um, over the past. Our daughter's three and a half. We had her from birth. So we've been doing three and a half, I guess, four years if we include the application time. And uh, never really expected um, uh, to, do, to do what we've, what the Lord's given opportunity for us to do over that time. So you, you mentioned uh, you, you had that spare bedroom. You wanted to, to use that for God's glory. You got into foster care. Uh, when you got into foster care, did y'all want to go into adoption or was that just kind of something that happened? Yeah, um, it kind of just happened. Um, we, of course, loved our daughter very much and wanted whatever outcome to support her and her birth family and whatever outcome that would be. And um, it ended up that she would need a forever home. It was just really natural for her to stay. And we were really excited um, for her to officially be our daughter, but then there's also great grief there. 
um, you know, with biofamily not being a long-term, there's just lots of different emotions there. But um, so it wasn't really, we were open to adoption when we started, but we kind of started just to foster as our like main goal, I guess you could say. Um, and then as the Lord's opened up adoption, it's been kind of a just continuation of um, that. I feel like that's probably something that people that might be considering foster care and adoption ask, you know, what does your relationship as foster parents look like with the, with the birth family? Like, do you as two believing individuals have opportunity to minister to and love and talk to the birth families? Um, yes, there have been um, lots of opportunities and that's been really cool. Like whether it's sending pictures of the child to visits, really just showing the birth family that you love them and care about them and support them and um, honoring them through loving their child, just helping them know that you're on their same team. Um, I heard a quote one time that said foster care is more about bringing your family to a child than it is getting a child for your family. And I think that's been true kind of for our situation as well. That's a great question, Lauren. I think a lot of times it's easy to view ourselves as the saviors and uh, biological family as the culprits. Yeah. And, uh, and that is simply not true. Neither of those are true. Sarah and I are not saviors. Sarah and I are not wonderful people or special people by any means. We are sinners saved by the grace of God, but uh, still being sanctified for sure. And so by no means uh, do we walk into this situation imagining that, that we are these perfect, fam perfect family or perfect parents for these children. Uh, on the contrary, we know we're not. Uh, and by the same token, we know that these uh, biological parents uh, are, are sinners just like we are, but who uh, love their children deeply. Uh, we have known significant information about the biological family of all eight of our placements, and all of them, without exception, have deeply loved their children. And, uh, and I think... I think that it's important for us to recognize, uh, Lauren, that, um, that the difference between us and a lot of these biological parents is largely one of privilege, not one of, of righteousness, you know? And I, I, think, I think we have to be honest about that fact, that, that a lot of these people come from really, really hard situations. And uh, many children in foster care come from parents who themselves were in foster care. Many of them come from situations of cyclical poverty and, and uh, poor educational backgrounds and, and all of the sorts of, of sad realities that, that a fallen world um, has means that these children will inevitably be those who bear the brunt of this kind of sin and so uh, in, in unfortunate circumstance. And so, uh, so I think it's, I think it's a great question to ask and, and, we have been able to minister to, to biological parents in really significant ways. You know, our goal uh, is, is for the welfare of the children. And so there have been children who needed homes, uh, permanent homes, uh, forever homes. And it's been our joy to adopt uh, two, two children who, who clearly, whose situations clearly necessitated uh, a new um, uh, and permanent and forever home. But there have also been situations where we have advocated for these children to return to biological family, where biological families simply needed help. They, they, um, 
needed time to heal and to restore and to get back on their feet. And so it was our delight to help them do that as well. And so I think we have to view these children as we should all children, whether uh, our children, our biological children, our adopted children, children with us in foster care, that these, these children are the Lord's children for as, as long as they will be with us. And, and our goal is for their welfare. Well, and I think that's encouraging, you know, to hear you say that too, that um, I think, you, I, I think once you said that, you know, I'd never really thought about it that way, but I think sometimes it is our tendency to look at, you know, these children that are in foster care and it's like, well, what did their, you know, what did their parents do to, to have them be put in foster care, you know, and like you said, view, view the fostering family as the savior of the situation and then just have a negative connotation toward that birth family when really the likelihood is, like you said, Bradley, they're probably hurting, struggling, um, and so to say, what is our response as Christians to that? You know, it's obviously not just um, a hands-off approach. You know, I don't think that's right. And so that's interesting to hear you say. Um, Bradley and Sarah, considering where we live uh, in the South and um, where being pro-life can often mean voting that way or um, just simply maybe being anti-abortion, um, to then thinking about families like you all who are in foster care and adoption where being pro-life um, extends outside of the womb. And um, we've talked about this on our podcast some before, but I just want to ask you guys, um, in what ways have you seen in the South even maybe more, but the, the, evangel- the white evangelical church um, serve you well? Maybe it's your local church or maybe just on a broader level. In what ways do you see the, the church um, maybe even global or nationally need to grow in this area of not when we say we're pro-life it's not just caring about the unborn but say how are we caring or not caring for those in foster care wow that's such a great question um i feel like um the church as a whole i think um not everyone is called to be a foster parent but the church is called to support um, orphans and widows in their distress. And I think distress is messy. It's not gonna be like tidy. It's not gonna be a Pinterest project. Um, Foster care is anything but that when you enter into trauma and brokenness and as scripture says, distress. And so I think the church needs to be willing to enter into messy situations. Um, I think we've been really blessed by people um, who have loved us well through meals, through prayer through um, practical service like cutting our grass or um, helping provide a shopping trip for our teenage girl or really just sharing their their families with our kids like school-age kids sharing their school-age kids and having them over for a play date really just supporting them like you would um, any other children in any other family I think Mm -hmm. some of the sad things have been um, we talk so much about being pro-birth and pro-life um, and especially our infants that we've had, there's just not a lot of joy around them entering the world. Um, sometimes the circumstances are more sad circumstances um, or unplanned, things like that, but still a life has entered the world. God's created a new, a new person. And I think even in the way we um, welcome and greet um, new children instead of with our, our infants, it's been, um, greetings in the church of, Oh, like, is this your new baby? Are they developmentally delayed? Or, 
you know, other new babies in the church getting tons of attention and tons of baby showers, whereas our infants have never ever had a baby shower. I think just simple being excited, being, Oh, they're so beautiful. Oh, they're so cute. Rather than, are they developmentally delayed? Was their mom on drugs? Like stop the questions and just be excited about a life and celebrate Mm -hmm. them and um, show that through gifts and through encouragement and through, you know, let's, let's play together. Let's um, just joy about the life of a child. I think is really the biggest thing that's been kind of the saddest and most frustrating. Yeah. Stop looking at, at our children as a, a, you know, statistic or stereotype and look at them as a image bearer of God. Yeah. And I think, I think those who have supported best have been people with that. People who really celebrate these children have had no shortage of ideas or opportunities in how to help or support foster families. Like there's no secret sauce to it. We all know what it means to delight and love in children. And so if you come with that choice and that perspective, then there is no no shortage of that. Uh, And conversely, if you do not truly delight in these children, then you're not going to serve or love or help in the ways that you should. If you want to throw some money or, or uh, throw out ideas or, or send something on social media, that's fine. But that's not really the heart of Christ's call to love um, the, 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 the vulnerable, the widow, the orphan, the sojourner, and the poor, um, all of whom we've seen in foster care. I think a, a second thing that comes to mind as far as the church's role Um, I think seeing foster care as a gospel endeavor, seeing it as a worthwhile mission field, like we support missionaries overseas. We see that, we get that, we're excited about that. But then I think we've kind of felt the vibe with foster care of people uh, of the church kind of like, well, like this is your thing that you've taken on. This is your hobby. This is, you know, your, um, you've, taking on this responsibility and you're going to kind of have to figure it out and deal with it. And I think we need to have a viewing it as a mission because the government's literally saying, here's a child and here's a family that needs love and here they are. So why wouldn't we, you know? Well, I think that would probably really help even just um, as you think about your local body. So I think about where we go to church, you know, if we viewed, families that we know, whether in our immediate body or not, as like you said, this is, this is a mission, you know, this is something that God has called this family to do. And as you said, Sarah, foster care isn't for everyone. So for somebody like me and Chase, if, if we don't feel like God has called us to foster care, you know, right now to say, well, let's look around and see who is on this mission of foster care and adoption. How can we love and serve them? You know? Um, And we've talked before too, just how um, it wasn't really till we had family in a fostering situation that I really thought about these things. And so it's convicting to hear that, you know, I've spent 25 years of my life not viewing it this way, you know, like, okay, that's important, but it's probably not for me. Okay, well, you have responsibility to do something probably, (laughs) you know, as far as is there people in the church that are in that that situation. And one thing I thought about, this is not a question, um, Bradley and Sarah, but one thing that I was just thinking through and Chase, we could probably talk Um, with someone on the podcast at a later date, but, you know, you talked about how foster care is hard, you know, and um, when, when we have the call to care for widows and orphans in their distress, um, that's really revealing about the situation, you know, but then I could see how maybe um, people that are pro-choice would then advocate for abortion as a result of the messiness and the, um, the, 
the issues, I guess, for lack of a better word, that are around the foster care system. So it'd be interesting to have a gospel-centered conversation about that. And y'all may have thought through that before too, like, you know, are people advocating for abortion as a result of what we're talking about, <laughs> you know? And so how do we as gospel people um, think about those things? Like, yeah, foster care is really hard and um, it's a system that is um, difficult to walk through with grace um, and all with all involved, but yet that doesn't mean that if a child will be born, as you said, Sarah, this infant is going to be born and then immediately um, placed in the foster care system, we don't advocate for the loss of life as a result. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think that's spot on. I think uh, if, if we preach a pro-life message and are unwilling to bear the responsibility of life, we are hypocrites. And that's right. And that's, um, and Bradley, maybe you could speak on that just a, just a second more to say we're hypocrites, you know, um, are you saying as regards to, to say like, okay, we care about the unborn, but Sarah, when that infant is born, well then, okay, I hope it has a good life basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Like we, like if, if I'm not willing to, to stay up through the night, changing the diapers of a baby who I insisted should be born, then mm -hmm. I'm a hypocrite. If, if I'm not willing to, uh, see a life in a severely disabled child uh, and even consider how I may be part of loving that child, then I'm a hypocrite. And I think uh, one more thing I wanted to say, Lauren, as well, slightly related, slightly not, uh, about foster care is, is that I think it's been helpful for me to think about foster care as, uh, in its essence, as an expression of gospel hospitality. You know, the, the Bible talks a lot about hospitality, and, um, and I think that the predominant scriptural reference to hospitality is to the vulnerable stranger. That is really, I think, the core of it. We think about hospitality in terms of having church groups or friends over, and I think that's legitimate. You know, Romans 12 says, show hospitality to one another. And so showing hospitality to those in the body of Christ is, is absolutely part of the hospitality but far more often in the Old Testament and New, we see a picture of hospitality being opening up your home, your wallet, your friendships, your schedule to people who are severely in need and who can never pay you back. Mm -hmm. Jesus tells parable after parable to precisely that effect, that you ought to choose the low place. You ought to go after those who can never pay you back precisely because they can never pay you back. And in doing so, that is hospitality. And so uh, foster care in that sense, I think is distinct from adoption. Um, though, of course, adoption, you could say, is the ultimate hospitality, right? Of, of having a forever home for a child. But I think hospitality is there to, to welcome the stranger, the vulnerable stranger, to fill them with whatever they need for as long as they need it, uh, and to empower them in their life. And so foster care is, uh, is one of the greatest expressions of true uh, biblical hospitality. That's awesome. And we would, you know, encourage you if you're listening to this, as we need to do to pray um, fervently and ask the Lord, you know, Lord, what would you have us do? You know, is that foster care? And if not, Bradley, as you said, how can we open our homes, our wallets, our friendships to those who are serving in that role? Yeah, absolutely. Bradley and Sarah Pinkerton, thank you uh, for your heart. Thank you for what you do. And uh, thanks for taking time and sharing your, your journey with us here tonight. It's thanks been our so pleasure. Blessings to you guys.